taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. All right, what's up, City Point? Um, good to be able to be with you all again uh, today on another Sunday. Um, gonna jump right into uh, the word for today. Uh, so I've been on this this series of preaching where I've been trying to be um, trying to do some discipling, if you will, where I'm effectively uh, just leveraging my own life, uh, how I apply the word to my life how I begin to engage in scripture as it relates to these things uh, related to money and finance. And so I've been just endeavoring to do that over these last few years, just kind of like peel back the curtain and ask the question to myself, like, why do I do these things? Why do I tithe? Why do I share? Why do I, as we'll talk about today, why do I save? And uh, through it, I'm hoping to be able to share with you guys sort of the biblical grounding behind why I do what I, what I do. Um, and not that I live that kind of way where like, you know, like I'm so calculated with my life that I'm like, let me see what like uh, John 3, 23 says about how I should do this. That's not really how I live, but my life is informed by ethics. Um, and those ethics come out of the word of God. And so that's how I move. That's how I um, um, live my life. Right. And so in reflection on some of the things that I do, I'm going back and I'm circling back like, huh, where did that ethical principle come from? And digging into scripture to share it with you guys on a Sunday morning to say like, here it is. Like, this is the ethic that informs my practice. So that's what I've been doing these last few Sundays. I hope that it's been a blessing to you. Certainly has been enjoyable for me to be able to share with you guys in this way. Um, at City Point, we are all about cultivating people committed to Christianity as a lifestyle. Um, that is what we seek to do through our work here. And so very much like we need to know how we actually apply what we believe into our lives. So that's what I'm doing. Um, um, have been doing these last few weeks and that's what I'll be doing today. So uh, today we're going to be talking about why I save, why I save. Let's bow in a word of prayer and then I'll jump right in. Lord, I thank you for giving me this chance to preach to your people. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will allow it to be real and relevant and to meet them exactly where they are. I pray that you will help us all be better as a result of what we hear uh, today. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, so I want to look at a passage of scripture from uh, we're actually going to be looking at uh, actually going to be looking at Proverbs uh, chapter 21, verse 20. Uh, from the Amplified Bible, it reads this way. It says, there is precious treasure and oil in the house of the wise who prepare for the future. But a short-sighted and foolish man or person swallows it up and wastes it. Let me read that again. But a short-sighted and foolish person swallows it up and wastes it. That's Proverbs 21 and 20. So I still remember it like it was yesterday when we first got Golden Corral in the Chicagoland area. 
So me and Carla, we lived in, I can't remember if we lived in the city or in Maywood at the time, but we drove all the way out to Bolingbrook to go to this Golden Corral that had just opened up. And so the, cra- the the incredible thing about Golden Corral, like for those that remember like the golden days of Golden Corral, is that here was this place kind of fashioned in the vein of Old Country Buffet, but the food was like high quality at that point, or we considered it to be high quality. You could even get steak there and it was all you can eat. Like how crazy is that, right? That you could get like as much food Um, as you wanted to get and you could keep going back for more and more no matter what like at this particular place Golden Corral and so I remember us driving out uh, to Golden Corral we met up with some friends Uh, I remember the first time we went and like we were there for several hours just eating and eating and eating because it didn't matter like you could eat as much as you could eat and it was just one price and that was really phenomenal now I move a little bit different. I, I gotta admit, I'm not quite a Golden Corral guy anymore. Like the idea of uh, eating food from a common like pan of food that other people have been digging around in is not ideal for me these days. Um, but even outside of that, I move different in my Golden Corral buffet all you can eat days than I move now. Right now, a days if I go to a restaurant, I order the things that I want to eat and I am mindful of not just ordering things because I want to just taste a little bit of it. I am mindful of getting something that I will enjoy, but I'm also mindful that everything on this menu has a cost. It is not all you can eat. It is not get all you want. There is a specific um kind of way that I need to move when I go to a restaurant based on the fact that it's not all you can eat. There is not an unending supply of food that I can have access to. Every bit of it is costly to me. I give you that little illustration to start off this sermon because I want to communicate that when it comes to money, the reason that I save is because I recognize that my money is not like Golden Corral, but it is a lot more like the everyday restaurant that I go to and sit down and order food from a menu from. In the Golden Corral model, there is an unending, if you will, unending supply of food that I want. Certainly there is one amount that I have given, that I have paid, and so now all that I want is available to me. I recognize that that my money does not function in that model. My money is a whole lot more like the restaurant where I just go sit down and order from a menu from. There is a finite amount of food available to me because of what I am able to spend. That, That is how my money flows. That is how I recognize that my money flows. And for all of you, unless some of you are like secret trillionaires out there, That's how all of our money flows. It is not an unending all you can spend supply of money, but there is a finite amount of money that we are going to have access to. Perhaps you have not gained sight of that or or perhaps you have not internalized that very um, aspect of money. That is not that it is not an unending supply. 
Perhaps it feels like it because this past Friday, you got a paycheck like you did two Fridays before and two Fridays before that. And so perhaps the way you are internalizing it is that it is an unending supply because every two weeks it just keeps on coming. But let me pull some retirees into the conversation for a moment that can perhaps help testify to us that money is not unending. We have a finite amount of time that we are able to leverage our minds, our bodies, our labor to be able to pull in income. And then ultimately those days will begin to taper off and come to an end. So the reality is there is a finite amount of money that all of us are going to touch. For the average person, it might be a million dollars over the course of a lifetime. For some others, they are um, really, um, and I, I was about to say blessed, but I want to be careful with that kind of God talk to s- suggest that people with a lot of money have it because God blessed them and didn't bless others in that way. But let me just say that there are those that have access to more money that perhaps it's not a million over a lifetime, but it's several million over a lifetime. Whatever that number is, maybe it's 10 million over a lifetime. It does not matter. It is a finite amount of money that is going to come in over the course of your life. And the question is, how are you going to steward that money? That's why I save. Because I recognize that there is a finite amount that I'm going to touch in my life. And so I'm going to share with you three reasons specifically um, why I save and then I'll, I'll get out of your way. The first reason that I save is out of respect for my labor, out of respect for my labor. So I, I, I work hard. The work that I do is taxing on my mind. If We don't want to talk about the church work real estate investment, whatever. That stuff is taxing on my mind. The church work certainly is taxing on my mind. It is taxing on my emotions, right? Um, The emotional work that goes into pastoring, experiencing people's highs with them, right? We're about to get married, experiencing that high. We're about to have a baby, experiencing that emotional high with them. But then when somebody loses somebody, experiencing that emotional low with them, And sometimes losing people that are close to me, that are close because of our relationship in the church, those are the emotional lows um, that I experience. The job comes with all kinds of swings. It is emotionally taxing. And um, and, and so that and so that plays a role. The the work um, uh, carries a load emotionally, carries a load physically. Um, as well, in addition to mind and emotions. And so because of how much my work taxes me, I got to respect the money that I am doing the work and earning in exchange for the work, whether it is church or whether it is real estate, whether it is a speaking engagement outside of the church, whatever it is, I got to respect that money because it took a piece of me that I will never get back in order to do that work. And so I, the way that I live my life is that I feel that I must have something to show for um, the emotional, um, the physical, and, and, and the mental um, expend, expense that I have gone through to do that particular work. And so again, I, res- I save out of respect for my labor. I need something that I'm going to be able to have that can show for the labor 
that idea. Once again, the text says there is precious treasure and oil in the house of the wise who prepare for the future. But a short sighted and foolish person swallows it up and wastes it. So I try to move this way to respect my labor so that I don't just waste the money that I'm bringing in through my hard work. The second reason that I save is out of respect for God's blessing. So, man, Christmas time just passed us and I and Carla and others of our family spent money buying gifts for Layla, right? Bought clothes bought toys, bought electronics, right? You buy all these things. And, and along with buying them is this unwritten, unspoken expectation that the kids are going to take care of them, right? I want you to take care of those clothes that we bought you. I want you to take care of those shoes. Don't be, th those shoes are nice shoes. Like you can't just be jumping in mud puddles with those. Like you put on some other shoes to do that with, but them, no, you got to respect what we gave you. The, the electronics, you cannot just be tossing them down the stairs. Like you cannot just be leaving them around in places where they could be vulnerable. You have to take care of those things. My mom bought Layla a laptop for Christmas. You got to take care of that thing. You can't treat it any kind of way. And so we expect her to um, um, show respect by not being frivolous and not losing the things that we give her. I feel that it is the same way and must be the same way with God. If we do acknowledge the fact that everything that we do have is a blessing and not that um, if some of us have more than other people, it is because we are more blessed than anybody else. That is not, again, what I'm suggesting. But what I am suggesting is whatever we have, it is because of the goodness of God. And so how dare we not take care of, manage well, give forethought to, give careful consideration to that which God has given us. And that is one of the reasons why I save is because I want to respect the blessing that I got. I don't want to blow it all. I don't want to mismanage it. I don't want to just treat it any kind of way in the same way that I expect Layla to treat the things that we give her in a way that is respectful. I want to respect what God has given me in the same way. So the reason that I save is out of respect for my labor. It's out of respect for God's blessings. Thirdly and finally, it is out of respect for the future. Now you Bible readers or those that have grew up in Sunday school or you've been around church for a while, you probably remember this story of Joseph in the Old Testament, right? So for those that don't uh, remember, I'm going to refresh your memory, right? Or for those that are hearing it for the first time, I'm going to share this story with you so you'll know about it. So we got two Josephs in scripture, at least two Josephs. We got one in the Old Testament. We got another one in the New Testament. These two are very popular. There's the Joseph in the New Testament that is Jesus's stepdaddy, if you will, right? Because like Holy Spirit, like God is, 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 that's a whole nother conversation, right? But you got that New Testament Joseph. And then you got Old Testament Joseph, right? That we meet in Genesis. Joseph is uh, the one who is sold by his brothers into slavery, into Egyptian slavery. And then ultimately Joseph ends up working in the palace. And then ultimately Joseph ends up because of the gifts that God has given him, to interpret dreams, Joseph ends up being like 
for all intents and purposes, like the prime minister, if you will, of Egypt, right? He is the right hand person to the king. So that's the Joseph that we're talking about here. Joseph has this dream, right? About, well, no, Joseph interprets this dream that Pharaoh had had about the skinny calf and the fat calf. And like, and Joseph interprets the dream, right? God gives him discernment and, and Joseph comes to Pharaoh and says, Hey, the dream is about this, right? The fat calves are the seven good years. Um, the seven years of abundance that the kingdom is about to experience, but then the skinny calves are the seven years of famine that the land is about to experience. And so he interprets the dream for him. And then Joseph gives Pharaoh a suggestion. He says, look, this is what you need to do. You need to leverage the good years to store up for the bad years. And that is the reason why I say, right, that very principle right there of acknowledging that the good times may not always last, but the good times do give us opportunity, possibility to hedge for the bad times. If, if we were on Wall Street, if, if we were um, uh, a part of the investment community, we certainly would be talking in that way, right? If 2023, if we may experience a recession, 2020, 2021, um, half of 2022, we experienced market highs. We need to leverage some of the gains that we got during that time to help us during these down times, right? That's the way that I try to move. And that is the reason why I save. It is out of respect for the future. It is me knowing um, the fact that good times may not always last. It might be flowing well for you as an individual or well for you all as a family. Now it seems like the money just keeps on coming and keeps on coming. And, and here's another opportunity that comes over here. Here's another opportunity that comes over there. The reality is one day that can dry up. That day could come sooner than you think. Uh, we could be on a peak now in a valley before the end of the year. The reason that I save is out of respect for the future. Future me. Future Pastor D, future Demetrius, future Meech needs to have current day me thinking about the needs of that person, that that person may be in a vulnerable, vulnerable position one day and might be trying to figure out how to keep their house. I want present day me to have already prepared and planned for the possibility of that future by storing away some of the grain, some of the green from the good years to get ready for what might be bad years up ahead. That, that is the way that, that I move and that is the reason that I, I move that way is for future me. Uh, Carla said not too long ago, I remember her saying like, it's a good idea to give your future self a name, call them something, refer to that person that older version of yourself. What's the life that you want for that person? What, what would you want that person to have? And then the question is, how do you make moves today through the way that you save and even the way that you invest to prepare for that person to have the future that you desire them to have? It, it is as plain as day in scripture. Proverbs again, Proverbs 21 and 20. There is precious treasure and oil in the house of the wise, 
who prepare for the future, but a short-sighted and foolish person swallows it up and wastes it. Don't waste it, y'all. God has been too good to us to waste it. You, you may not be able to save a whole bunch, but I close by sharing this. Carla, Carla's the saver in our house. I save, but she is like the really, really good saver in our household. So she saves like she, she, she does a good job of uh, automating things, right? Just setting it and forgetting it. She does it for our Christmas fund. She just sends a little bit of money every month that goes into that account. And then I look up and it's like November. It's like getting ready for Black Friday. And there's this money that's sitting there that I didn't even notice. But it's because she was conscious about doing that. Um, some other ways um, that we do that is through our midterm savings, right? We do it um, for like saving for things like at some point, each of us are going to want another car. We're going to want to do a vacation in the summer. And so Carla's intentional about just send, send some money every month from our main bank account. Send some over there into that midterm savings so it's building up so that when um, August comes and we're trying to go on vacation or July comes and we're trying to go on vacation, it's not, it's not now something that we're trying to move things around to do or put on the credit card in order to do, right? Because we didn't plan. But instead, just planning ahead of time, setting that money aside, making it a separate account, a separate savings account that lives in a different bank. We do it in an online bank so we don't have easy access to it. Those are some ways that we save. Other ways that we do it is for retirement. Again, setting it and forgetting it. That's for old man Meech. That's for uh, old man Mr. D that lives down the street from somebody. That, that is the reason why he will have the clean Cadillac. That, that is the reason why he will um, take vacations in the south of France. That, that is the reason that he will be able to do those things is because just getting in the habit right now, send some directly every month, every pay period even is what I do, sending it over to retirement. It's just setting it and forgetting it. I'm trying to just call out in closing some ways that you guys can think practically about um, about saving. Uh, one of the last things I do is when I get unexpected chunks of money, I just save it. I, I've been getting some some scholarship money um, from when I was in school and they're doing it for another year after school. I don't need that. I save that. Let me let me back up. It's not that I don't need it. I don't need to spend that. So I just save that. Um, let me share this illustration and I'll get out of y'all way. Um, I remember one time we had a leak under our sink and um, I remember us putting a bucket under it in the morning. Um, empty bucket because we just didn't want it to mess up the whole like cabinet by leaking down there all day. And so it, it wasn't a big leak. It was just a little drip, 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 drip type of leak. And so we put that bucket under there, left, went to work, came back home. Maybe it was about 10 hours later. Maybe we left by 8 a.m. We get back home and it is uh, 6 p.m. I look under that sink and that empty bucket that we put under there in the morning when the water was just drip, drip, dripping. It was all of a sudden full. Strange to me how an empty bucket placed under the sink 
for 10 hours with just a drip, drip, drip. When I came back 10 hours later, was full of water. That's a word for somebody. The reason that you don't save is because you feel like it's just a drip, drip, drip. Th those little drips ain't going to do nothing. It's just $20. What's $20 going to do? But let that $20 drip, drip, drip. Let, let it drip with another $20 next week with a random $50 that you didn't expect with, with a random bonus that comes in from work with, with a, a, a tax return that you decide to not spend all of, but put some aside, let it keep drip, 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 let it keep on dripping. And before you know it, that bucket has become full of money, full of water. But in this case, full of cash that that's how you save. Let it keep dripping into the bucket no matter how small it is and watch it fill up. I believe from a spiritual standpoint that when we steward money that way, God gets in it with us. I believe that. I, I believe that just as a good parent will entrust a child with more when they have uh, managed what we have given them properly, I believe that God, the good parent, will do the same. I believe that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for pushing us, pressing us. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless us, that you will give us this energy that we need to save, to save, to be better stewards over that which you have given us. And I pray, God, that you will get in it with us and multiply that which we have and are saving. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.